On this episode of the Retire ASAP show, we are going to talk about cash and why you shouldn't be holding it and possibly investing it. Or maybe you should. We'll see what Brad has to say. It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. I'm your host, Taylor Fike, and I have my co-host, Brad Fike, with me. What's up, Brad? Well, I'm just sitting here looking at the beautiful sunny day and, uh, you know, wishing I could play, but uh, with markets being down, I can't afford to even go get lunch. Yeah, you got to go to work. You know, you got to earn some money because the markets are down, we're out of money, clients are upset. I mean... how are we ever going to survive? Things are looking It's ugly. like we've I never just, seen I, a market downturn. Before. I think this is the end of the world. And in all honesty, we're being sarcastic because our clients haven't called much because we've done the work on the front end to hopefully educate them to say that this is a possibility. It's always been a possibility. You can always have market downturns, 10, 20, 30, 40%. It can happen. But the beauty of it is, is that over the long haul, over histo- all over history, all over the historical data, it's shown that those who stick out the downturns end up being much better off wealth-wise, financially, than those who panic in the downturns. We've talked about this many a times. Oh, well, I agree. That's, that's the facts of it. But, you know, right now, since, uh, you know, things are so ugly and the end of the world's coming, I'm just going to hoard cash and uh, I might get some gold and some crypto Ooh, because go. uh, when things go to zero, then the only thing that'll be worth anything will be cash, gold, and crypto. I'd probably, and then I can, then I'll still be able to do whatever I want. I'll tell you, there's a lot of people steering away from that crypto world. The NFTs in the crypto world are really hurting. I think what we're finding is, and this isn't scientific yet, so don't take me on this as this as proven data. But what we're starting to see is that crypto is more correlated with growth stocks than we ever thought. Everyone kept saying, "Oh, crypto is such a great diversifier. It does its own thing. It's different from any of the stock market." Yet here we are with the stock market down and the crypto market plummeting even worse. You know, the Bitcoin world or the Ethereum world, they're down massive amounts of money in the last 12 months. And the stock market's down pretty big too, but you find that maybe it wasn't all that big of a diversifier. Maybe it was just one of those other high-risk investments. Yeah, what I'm trying to figure out, can you carry those coins in your pocket whenever you want to go get something to eat and buy some lunch? Do you have to like cut one in a court fourth or something how do you spend those things well you know it's on your phone so yeah i guess you do carry it around your pocket I guess so you there do. is that option there you go well and i did see this at um at one of the local places here uh there is a crypto atm and so i don't know how it works i'm assuming you have a crypto wallet online or on your phone or whatever that has an id and you can log into the atm and you probably pay a fee to trade your crypto oh i'm gonna guess it's a cash. hefty fee and it is all it's always fractional you know parts of a coin very few people right. own full coins but especially with the prices they were a year ago but still they, yeah you can transfer you know crypto to cash at an atm at a bar you know it's a bar and butcher shop that's a whole that's a local legend right a bar butcher shop put oh, together yeah but that's where the crypto atm is at meatheads uh very interesting because uh i would be interested to see what the fees are for that because i'm going to guess they're quite large yeah well especially when crypto was at the skyrocket point where you know my one bitcoins were sixty thousand dollars heck yeah i'll pay 25 bucks to do a transfer because i got money out the wazoo and i'm drinking and yeah. i feel good right now so what the heck's 25 bucks now when it's worth you know 29 or thirty thousand 
thousand of Bitcoin, and it's half the cost, but still costs the twenty five dollars to do the transfer. Um, People are wondering, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Part of the transaction world. Yeah, well, one of the things we wanted to talk about today is not crypto, although maybe it is. It depends on what kind of investor you are. I'm kind of tired of that subject. It's well, it's out of our realm of uh, of expertise. I'll say that. But yep. what we want to talk about is: is this the time to be taking your cash and putting it into the market? Now, whether that is you know, the investment side of things like what we do with stocks and bonds and a diversified portfolio, or whether that's what you do as a do-it-yourselfer with your Vanguard or your TD Ameritrade account or whatever company you use, maybe it's Wealthfront. Is this the time? Is it time to take all that money that you have bulked up in your savings and say, hey, let's dump a little of this into the market? What do you think, Brad? Well, I like cash. Cash is king. That's what they keep saying. Well, historically, it's been well, king. Well, that's why they keep printing it, right? It's yeah. because it's king. Yeah. Well, if you can print it that fast, then it is king, right? <laughs> that's like growing on trees, baby. <laughs> I like my cash. So, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing I think about is, are we at the bottom? Because uh, is this the time to invest? I don't know. I think uh, maybe there might be a little bit more downside here that uh, I might hold on to my cash for a little bit longer. Well, I, I have a hard time figuring all this out. Right. Because I look at maybe two, three weeks ago, whatever it was, the market started ticking up. They had like their first positive week all year or for months or whatever it was. And it had ticked up about three or four percent. And the S&P was crawling out of the, you know, the bear market cycle. And everyone's talking, oh, this could be it. This is the time to get out. And they came out with a new inflation report for the month of May and said, oh, no, inflation still went up. And that tanked right back into that bear market phase. So it's so hard to tell. Is this the bottom or, or are we ticking back up? This week we had some green returns on Monday and then, or I should, or last week I should say, green returns on Friday. And then Monday we start with a little bit of red. So uh, are we going up? Are we going down? Are we staying flat? That's always the big question. So you're, you're thinking that maybe we might not have hit the bottom. Well, I'm thinking that you take your cash and you buy yo-yos because you know what a yo-yo, <laughs> you put it on your finger and you drop it and the market goes down that day and then you pull it and it jerks back up. Oh, that's the next day. And then you, so you buy a bunch of yo-yos and you sit around and see if you can predict what's going to happen. Oh, that, what do you think a, of that? That's about I mean, as good just, as the prediction side works, right? I'm thinking it's better than the crystal ball we got here. It isn't working. <laughs> it certainly isn't so working I'm thinking right now. Whatever the yo-yo does today is how you invest. So if it, if it goes down and then I would suggest maybe you put some cash in, but if it goes up, you might want to hang out and think about getting out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't know. This yo-yo theory might. Well, it's it's the new. What was it in the '90s when they had the monkey throwing the darts at the yeah. at the dartboard? Yeah, early that, '90s. They had the stocks on the dartboard, and the monkey would throw the dart, and he would hit a stock. If you invested in that, they did it. They did some research that said that that monkey outperformed most of the mutual fund managers at the time just be, by guessing. And that's a true story. Too. It's, isn't that hilarious? Yeah. I mean, that can happen because that's how unpredictable the markets are. So yeah, could we be at the bottom? Maybe. Um, you're you're saying that we might not be. Well, that's just as true, right? We could we still could have another 10, 15, 20% downward to go. Do I think that's possible? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think it's probable? I don't know. And this is the thing. This is what everyone's asking. What do I do? Do I do I get in? Do I get out? Is this the time? And we go back to the market timing conversation. And the answer is, I don't know. I really, truly don't know what tomorrow is going to be like in the markets or what six months from now is going to be like. And nobody else does either. I mean, you know, we've talked about this in the past podcast that the Fed doesn't even know what they're going to do one month or the next month. And right. if they don't know what to do, how's the market going to know? The market, nobody ever knows. Okay. There's people that are experts. They all think they know, but nobody really knows. But here's where I'm at with it. Traditionally and historically, my father, the starter of this business for years said, 
The best time to invest is when you have cash. It doesn't matter if the market's up or market's down. If you have a long-term perspective, you need to try to take advantage of whatever something's on sale or something isn't on sale. I think things are on sale. As shoes are on sale, technically. That's my little way of saying sure. stocks are on sale, guys. That's right. Could they be on sale deeper next week? Yeah, possibly. I mean, a store's going out of business. Things go down. That doesn't mean the stock market's going out of business, but there's a few people running around saying the stock market's going to go out of business. Well, they make a lot of money saying that because if they can, they can work up some fear in somebody, boy, they can sell you whatever yeah, they want. Always, there's always an ulterior motive there, that's for sure. Yeah. What is it? I, I can sell you the fear so I can throw you the, the rescue life vest. You know, it's, it's like I can, if I can work up a fear in you and then tell you, oh, by the way, I also have the solution. Boy, you can make a lot of money doing that. Absolutely. Not, so You can't sleep at night, but no. you can make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, um, if the historical system has worked for 100 years, mm-hmm. that when you have money to invest, now that doesn't mean you liquidate all your cash and just throw it in the market. I mean, you know, you right. still got to- that's a dangerous ball. You got to keep some emergency money around and you got to, you know, it's whatever you're willing to take risk for or whatever, if it's a long-term plan, which it should be then that I would say today's a good day to put it in and tomorrow's a good day to put it in and six months is a good day to put it. I mean, it's just every day is a good day to put it in. It doesn't matter in the long run. But right now is a buying opportunity because we are down considerably and it depends on what asset class you're willing to buy into as well, whether it's stocks or bonds or whatever, even though they're all down, some are down more and have a whole lot more potential to go up. Some will take longer to come back, but you know, my first instinct is just hold on to my cash. And I think a lot of people are because of the fear that it's just going to go down lower. But how how much is it really that important that you hit the absolute lowest day? Exactly. Which is impossible to do. This you can't is, time that. And this has been my argument to clients who are asking this. Okay, what do I do? Do I get out? My answer is no, you should be getting in. If you have the cash, you get in now. And then they're always wondering, well, what if I lose money on that? Well, that's a potential, right? Okay, so we're down... Let's say across the board, if you're in the S&P 500, you're down about 18 to 20%, somewhere in that range, depending on what day you're listening to this. Could be worse, could be better, whatever it is. But let's say today you go in and it's down 18%. And you go, wow, this is great. All right, I just, I just got in at 18% down. If it goes down another 5%, let's say, okay, now I'm down you know, 20-something percent. Is that a bad thing? Well, yeah, it's not great, but what if it then skyrockets from that 20-something percent back up to over the next three years, you're now positive 20%. Well, you just rode that whole swing, and you got all that upside potential from that down 18% when you got in. Would it have been nice to have that extra 5% on the top? Yeah, but are you going to complain that you're up 20-something percent? No, no one's going to complain about making that much money. Yeah, you could have had a few more bucks or a few more cents, but... Is it really that bad of a deal? So like what you said, the sale is on, right? We're at a 15 to 20% sale right now, depending on where you're looking at on the stock side. Okay, I can get in there, maybe even more if you're looking at some of the higher risk tech companies that are out there. They're down 20 to 30%, depending on that range. So you can have that sale right now. Now, could it be a bigger sale tomorrow? Yeah, but gosh, does anyone complain when they got the TV off for 20%, but they missed the 25% you know, sale? No, they still got 20% off. They're pretty happy about that. So you have to think long-term. And the long-term thing is, this is, gonna, this is lower now, historically, it, how it's worked in history, I should say. It, lower now means it's going to grow a lot higher later. So you look at that, you go, man, that is the kind of experience I want to get in on. If I got in even at the peak, let's say at the beginning of 21, 
Is that a bad thing 10 years from now? No, you're probably going to be higher in 10 years than what you would have been at the peak in 21. So it's only better now that you're buying in the trough, maybe not at the bottom of the trough, but in the trough on your way for the next 10 years. Yeah, it's like I said, it's impossible to hit that bottom. And let's say you procrastinate and go, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. Well, let's say you didn't do it today and tomorrow the market goes back up 3%, 2%. Let's just say it goes up 1%. Okay. Okay, now I'm a 1% I missed yesterday. And the next day it drops down a half a percent. And then the next day it goes up 2%. And the next day it drops a half a percent. The next day it goes up 2%. And that drops a half a percent. It goes 2%. You're still not ready. You probably, I don't, I didn't add that all together. Well, let's say you're now just missed maybe 5%. You're now 5% higher than you were on Monday and, you know, yeah, so in you're- that scenario. So you go, you know, you just don't know. And there's no, there, it doesn't just shoot up and keep going up. There's right. not like this V that says... I'm at the bottom today and it starts going up. And after about a week, you go, well, there's a clear sign. It's going straight up. Mm -hmm. I better just get in. Of course, I missed the bottom, but I'm going to get in now. Well, you don't know that because it it never does it. It's a tricky tricky little game. It's a zigzaggy yo-yo ride. So you get your yo-yo out (laughs) and start predicting which was going to do today. And that'll tell you when to put the cash in. There's no better time than today to invest your money unless you like sitting there and watching it grow at zero and feel comfortable that that's where it's going to be at. In that case, then you're going to have a miserable life later in life. That's how I tell people. It's true. Well, and this is exactly what you're saying is everyone wants the red light or the green light. I want to know when the red light goes on, it says the markets are going down, get me out. And I want to know when the green light's on to say, okay, now they're only going to go up, get me in, right? That's what everyone wants. That's what market timing is. I want to know when to get out, when to get in. I want it to be a sure thing and be a smooth ride until the next change comes. But what you just explained, that choppy market, 1%, half a percent, 2%, half a percent, quarter a percent, all those things that happen on a daily basis in the market as it fluctuates, it's up and down, it's all over the place. There's no clear like, hey, this is a green light to go for the next three weeks or for the next three months. It's always something where we look back in hindsight over five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you go, well, gosh, that was a green light session right there for seven years. We had seven good years in a row. Boy, that I wish I would have been a part of that. Well, the only way to do that is to just actually participate. Because over the long period of time, if you look at the S&P 500, there's never been a rolling 10-year period that's negative. The worst one, the rolling 10-year period, was 2001 to 2011, and it was somewhere around a half a percent. And that's crazy. Positive half a percent on average over that 10-year period. And that's one of the worst decades in the market ever in the S&P 500. So if you're looking long-term, you just have to play that 10-year period. And a lot of people are going to say, well, I'm already retired. I don't have 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm in my 70s. I don't have 10 years. The average lifespan's into your 80s now. So maybe you do have 10 years. Or are you going to spend all that money in the next three to four years that you think you're going to be alive? Because this is a conversation. I don't know if I'm going to make it the next five years. Okay, well, are you going to spend all your money in the next five years then? Well, no. Well, where's it going to go? To my kids. Do you think they got more than 10 years to, to utilize that money? You have to think long-term with your wealth. So in that period of time, you go... Gosh, if I can get in when the markets are down 10, 20, 30%, I'm getting a huge bang for my buck on the upside over the next 10 years, over the next 30 years, or even for the next generation that I'm going to be uh, giving this money to when I'm gone. Yeah. And the other, uh, and I agree with that, the long-term perspective is definitely the approach there. The, uh, the other side of that coin is if I'm an individual out there sitting on some cash and waiting for an answer, 
is you got the guys that have all the algorithms figured out in their uh, computer. I've been, I got uh, all these algorithms. I know when it's going to be time to put that cash in, it's not quite there yet. But however, you and I've been through the uh, uh, tactical, tactical asset allocation uh, profiles and all the guys that have the algorithms. And I can tell you right now, assuredly, what we researched for over a year, very heavily traveled yeah. to go visit. They, they don't have a clue any more than you and I have a clue because their crystal ball and their, we don't, our crystal ball doesn't work. Our yo-yo might work, but their technical crap doesn't work. It doesn't. They might get lucky here or there, but that's about it. Well, so you can't listen to some guy that says, I figured it out with my algorithm. Mm -hmm. I'm a guru and it's not time to go back in because we haven't met these parameters. Right. Every time it's a little bit different. So the computers can't even figure it out. And I'll tell you, if you if you're looking at tactical portfolios, and this is this is the one thing where I am so grateful I had Brad um, looking at this stuff with me, is you have to ask one question and one question only. Give me a real client experience over a long period of time. Because nine times out of ten, what these tactical guys are doing or what other portfolios that promise an algorithm, they're using hypothetical history. They may have started their fund or their separately managed account. They may have been managing it for the last three or four years, and they've had a little bit of success in it. And they're going, oh, yeah. And if we look back over the last 15 years, this is what my portfolio would have done if it was invested. Well, were you managing money at that time? And a lot of those guys will say, well, I've been managing it for about 10 years. You go, can you give me one client's experience for 10 years? They hesitate when, they, when you ask that question. Well, you know, our, our strategies have changed over that time. Well, what you're going to find is that they don't want to share that because the numbers aren't as glamorous as what their hypothetical numbers are with their new portfolio. And that's how they play this game. It's a, it's a smoke and mirrors game. It's a, hey, this is what it could have been if I was invested this way. I wasn't. I was invested differently because the times told me to do something different at the time. And you end up losing that average return over long periods of time when you could have just own the entire market or a diversified portfolio or something a little bit more prudent and had a better experience. But if you buy into that idea of, well, this guy says he's a guru, he knows what's going to happen next. I would argue that he may not. And you may just be buying a, a bill of goods at this point. You know, that's just not what you want when you're doing long-term investing. Yeah. And we asked, uh, well, we probably talked to 10, 12, probably different money managers in the tactical world and not one of them not one of them would give us any client experience because, well, our portfolios change over time. Okay, but if I'm Brad and I started with you 10 years ago and you changed my portfolio tactically through your algorithms over that 10 years, that's fine. That's cool. But what did Brad actually experience on an average annual return for that 10 years? I don't care if the portfolio changed every 10 minutes. What did he actually average as his return? We couldn't get one money manager to give us that number. They kept going back to, well, we have hypotheticals because our portfolios change all the time. That's fine. I get it. Those are hypotheticals. Those are numbers that you think would have happened if, you know, based on past history. But what I want to know is what did your clients get in the end? What did they, after your fees and expenses and all your tactical movements, did they make 5%? Did they make 10%? Did they make 15%? They couldn't give us those answers. They would not give us those answers. No. And then we walked away because we said, okay, then it's all talk. It's all yep. blah, blah, blah. If there's no transparency, then I can't buy into it. And that's just, and we have no problem, you know, having conversations about client experiences. Now we obviously have confidentiality 
issues where we can't share like, hey, this is so-and-so's experience and this is what they got. There's also some fiduciary rules too to say that, hey, just because Joe Schmo got X return over the last 10 years doesn't mean that you're going to get it. That's a testimony type thing that can happen there. But long story short, I have no problem going in and looking at our portfolio and saying, this is what we've done. This is the experience our clients have had. This is what you could you would have expected at that time period. We don't know what the future brings, but this is how we're going to invest accordingly. And that's just a conversation that if you can't have a transparent conversation about your investments, then you should be a little more concerned about what's going on there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So in the end, when you go back through all that, we kind of got off a little bit, but it's still it all really entail, it, it connects to each other. Yeah. But the bottom line is there's never a bad time to invest. Even if the markets are roaring, why would you not invest then? I got cash sitting there and my bank account's paying 0.10. That's a 10th of 1%. And I'm just hoarding it in there because, well, the markets are really, really, really good. So I'm going to wait till it goes down. Uh, There's no reason to wait till it goes down because it might keep going and going for a couple more years. And, you know, it works both ways. Even if the if the market's going up, why would you not invest your cash? And the market's going down, why wouldn't you invest your cash? The point is, there's a place for cash, but there's also a place where you're over putting, putting too much money in cash, mm-hmm. and you're losing opportunity. Well, especially with inflation the way it is right now, your cash sitting still is losing purchasing power. Well, we're what, 6 7 8%, whatever they, they want to figure it out. Right. You're losing six, seven, eight percent on an annualized basis at this point uh, by sitting in cash because you're not making anything yet at the banks. Right. So that's all, all things to keep in mind here as you're as you're looking at this stuff. Is it the right time to get in the market? The answer is probably always the right time. If you have cash available, you're looking to save some things. You're looking to hedge inflation. You're looking to you know start growing your wealth. Now is the time to be investing. Now. Being careful as to what you invest in is a very important thing, which is why you might need a financial advisor, which in that case, we are taking on new clients. You can head over to our website, fikeadvisors.com, click the schedule now button. We can walk you through what a potential portfolio would be for you and your family, depending on what your goals are. Do you want to retire in the next few years? Do you have a long time until retirement? What do we need to do to build that portfolio to fit your risk tolerance? Are you comfortable if your if your portfolio does this in these bad markets? Are you happy if your portfolio performs this way in good markets? Going through all those details and deciding what fits you and your family is really important. So, fikeadvisors.com, schedule now. It's in the top right corner. It takes you right to my calendar. We can set up a phone call, a Zoom call, an in-person meeting, whatever you're most comfortable with. We'd be happy to help you get yourself set up financially. Any final thoughts there, Brad? Nope. I think um, the other thing is that I was just thinking my uh, pillow I slept on last night. Oh, yeah. I have it down at the loft. Is it just full of cash? It's really thick, and I just keep putting more cash in it. It's so hard now, I can't even sleep right. My neck, I wake up with a neck. So, so for those <laughs> of you that are like me that have a pillow overstuffed with cash, or even your mattress, it gets lumpy after a while. Yeah. Uh, I suggest that you rethink that uh, technique, too, because even if there's uh, financial Armageddon in this country, nobody wants that cash when you pull it out of your mattress. They're going to go, I'm sorry. I'm not looking for cash. I'm looking for food. I'm looking for heat. I'm looking for clothes to wear. Uh, I, I'm not looking for cash because it's unspendable. So you might have a whole mattress full of cash saved up for that rainy, ugly, dark day. That when the world collapses when financially. When the world ends. But nobody's going to want it. No, that's true. Well, yeah. So save your necks. Save yourself a chiropractor visit. Get your cash out of your pillow and uh, get it invested into whatever portfolio you plan on using. So... 
Hey, have a great rest of your week, guys, and we'll be back here in a couple of weeks with the next episode. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.